0: Lions relax a lot and they're not sprinting and doing like random things all the time. Like having really clear windows where in this four hour period, I'm going to get so much work done and then I'm going to be with my family for three hours or something. And like, if you hit stretches of work refreshed, or if you find yourself just staring at your email inbox and like refreshing it and like doing random things, it's definitely time to walk away for sure.
1: Welcome to the Men of the Hour podcast. I'm your host, Justin Crawford, and for the last few years, this podcast has been aiming to drive positive social impact to our listeners' lives with the lessons and stories learned from today's most influential men. My guests have brought up every topic in the book, from health and wellness to personal struggles and career successes. But no matter what the topic is, I want you to leave this podcast feeling inspired to get out there and create the life worth living for yourself, starting with the one you're listening to right now. Thanks for being here when you could have chose any other podcast out there. Now here's today's episode. You're tuning into a special edition of the Men of the Hour podcast, and that's Founders Week. Every other season on this podcast, I invite a handful of founders to join me in a conversation about entrepreneurship, building a brand and the best lessons learned while doing what they love. You're in for a treat this week as I've got some of my friends from the greatest better for you brands out there and that includes Roan, Hooby, Better and Better, Meter, Supergut and the Athletic Brewing Company. Thanks for tuning in today wherever you're listening. Now sit back and get ready to learn something new. Hey, everybody. You just heard the introduction to what we're calling Founders Week here on the Men of the Hour, and you're in for a treat because I'm joined now by Bill Schufelt who is a co-founder of Athletic Brewing Company. And I'm sure you've seen this beverage somewhere, somehow. Uh, we've had the founder of Roan on the Founders Week, and that's exactly where I found Athletic Brewing Company, if not on social media uh, with some friends of mine who are in that space. But Bill, thank you for saying yes to doing Founders Week with me. I'm so excited to get to know you, share you with everybody who clicked play, and help better understand I mean, there's this big concept around non-alcoholic beverages nowadays. And like, you're in that space, you know what I mean? So thank you so much for, uh, for doing this.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Justin. And yeah, I love Nate from Rome. Awesome guy as well. Very cool.
1: It's really cool to have you guys on the same week, because I think in, in doing something that's like, you know, back-to-back episodes for folks to get to know founders of businesses, we're also like, we were, we were very intentional about leaning into, um, you know, the space of wellness and even in your space, right? Non-alcoholic beverages is an area of wellness, in my opinion, which we can get to here in a moment, but, you know, to, to kick it off, take us to the finding. I mean, the whole point of this thing is to understand like where you discovered what you wanted athletic brewing company to be then. And then what it looks like now, but walk us through that storyline, if you don't mind.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I like to consider myself like a very normal adult modern life. Um, And so nothing like too unique about like the, Path I was on. I had a very traditional career in finance. I worked for one of the biggest hedge funds in the world and super demanding day job. But I was on this like just personal improvement and performance enhancement journey, like goal to get better every year. And like every five years make huge leaps. And I my career was going great. I thought I was gonna do it the next quarter century and retire. My health was getting better and better. Um, and so like I'm like a constant reader and everything, but like in that like almost every night of the week was a drinking occasion it was either a work dinner dinner with my mm. wife things with friends and family weekends bachelor parties weddings whatever and mm-hmm. i realized like i loved waking up at 5am getting a great workout i wanted to be super sharp at work from 6:30am to 6pm every day and then i wanted to be mindful in my time with friends family whatever on weekends and nights and alcohol was this artificially low ceiling and it was driving me crazy and it ate away at every kind of corner of high performance in my life and feeling better. And I stopped drinking for a month and it was like the biggest life hack I'd ever discovered. And, um, I saw just the positive, like it was almost like a positive flywheel in my life because I wasn't drinking. I was sleeping better. I was eating better. I was working out harder. I was performing better at work. And then each of those things are more inputs than anything. And they were like better outputs after that. And so, I was just so passionate about this change in my life, but then extremely frustrated by the options out there. And so I really created athletic brewing to reframe how adults think about drinking and like alcohol's role in the social setting and the relaxing setting. And um, not to say I'm standing on a soapbox and like trying to wipe alcohol out of society. Like the world's a stressful place and people <laughs> can sure. drink it for 5,000 years. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, fifty percent of adults don't really drink anymore, and like there's seven. Wait, days say a that week.
1: statistic again. Fifty percent of adults don't drink anymore, and I believe it wholeheartedly.
0: Yeah. So fifty percent of adults have point 0.1 drinks or less per week. So it's essentially like, like ninety percent of alcohol is consumed by like thirty percent of the population, or something. And there are, there are a huge range of like very sporadic drinkers out there, mm-hmm. um, and so. It it hit me that like the alcohol beverage world is like kind of missing modern life. And I was like, so like putting those two things together, I was like, wow, hugely passionate about this potential positive impact. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, wow, this economic opportunity is also enormous out there. So it was like, I had never before considered myself a likely interpreter. I didn't have a hundred ideas flying around. But like all at once it hit me like two lightning bolts. I was like enormous economic opportunity and enormous potential impact on tens of millions of people. And like, like once that hit me, I like literally couldn't sleep at night anymore. And I was like, couldn't stop thinking about this. And before I knew it, I was like building a business plan and thinking about it. And so I was like just, I'm sure you can tell, I was just like off and running with this in my head constantly
1: from hedge fund to non-alcoholic beverage that's unique in and of itself because like you had said that's a huge point with uh and if you're tuning in right now you probably heard the nugget and and thought the same thing most of us who have very busy jobs want to de-stress by drinking you know and it's not until you have an alternative or you feel like there's another option to socialize and like you had said It's just kind of, it was in your head that people were already leaning towards that. So then it goes to my next question, which is really like the problem you were wanting to solve. Was that something you thought about? If so, what was the problem at the time? Um, If at all, I mean, because I think that a lot of times right now, people are like, they don't want to cut alcohol necessarily, but it's more about figuring out how something like an athletic brewing company, beer replacement can can feed that because you know what I mean so like was there a problem at first you were like I'm going to solve this uh and if not mm-hmm. at least you know recognizing that 50% were already stopping to drink alcohol in that sense and, and you know it had to have been worth the pursuit
0: yeah so it was reframing like the concept of adult beverages for the modern lifestyle and giving people better options better access and making moderation accessible and cool and making it So, that you didn't have to drop off and compromise on either product quality or the experience you were having. Mm. And as people think about it, one thing that didn't hit me till I actually stopped drinking was I still loved being in bars. And like all my favorite moments in bars actually weren't about the alcohol, they were about being with friends, being with family. Like that moment when you first see a friend or a family member you haven't seen in a while, it's like about that moment, not the alcohol that hits you a couple hours down the line. Um, but like, there was a big availability problem, like, cause at the same time, you can't hold a lot of the classic non-alcoholic beers in your hand and be proud of that. And like, you get a million questions. That's such a penalty box beverage. And mm. so we, we really wanted to empower people with the options. And, um, so that was like, really the problem we wanted to solve is like, mm. not only is it the 15 million recovering alcoholics in the country we wanted to provide better options for everyone out there um, and include more people in these great social moments.
1: Mm, I love that. It's it's such a holistic view that I think you've had since day one. And you also brought up the fact, uh, Bill, that like, You started building a business plan before you had thought to even do this. Was that difficult? I feel like in the non-alcoholic space, everybody's like, I'm the first to do this. And it's like, but there's so many alternatives now. Was it oversaturated when you guys first started? And then if not, was it still quite competitive to like break through the market and get people to understand that this was going to be a successful business?
0: Oh yeah, there had been no innovation in 30 years when we got into the category. It was like totally stagnant. Um, Mm -hmm. Whenever like... I faced so much rejection when I first started talking to people about this, like hundreds of people like declined to have a convert, like to join our team. um, um, like our co-founder, John is such a big part of our journey where he, like, he was a really highly awarded alcoholic craft brewer. Um, and so he had won every important award under the sun Mm. and he was the first one to believe in this concept. And like him joining on was a huge milestone. Um, but yeah, it was tons of rejection out there. And it was it was definitely pushing a boulder that was totally at a standstill up the hill. And then we're really excited to be bringing this category along. And there's been tons of great innovation out there since where across the categories too, like you can get thoughtful non-alcoholic spirits, ready to drink cocktails, non-alcoholic wines are coming along. And then like different variants, like things like kidney you for works and stuff like that that are blending categories. And mm. so- Overall, athletic is still driving forty percent of the entire category growth, even though there's hundreds of brands in the category now. Um, so that's I cool. That's called of,
1: trailblazing, my friend. Do you see what you're doing here? That's amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's both an exciting brand and category story, and I think everyone getting into it now is something that like is really helping us have that impact we've always wanted to have too. And like our goal is, if you walk into a bar, or restaurant, and there's a menu with twenty options on it hopefully at least five of those will be non-alcoholic in the future. And Mm. you can get a non-alcoholic version of whatever you want. And that would be a huge win for us.
1: Mm -hmm. Especially at like a pub or bar. You walk into anything Mm. nowadays, it's like, hey, we got beer on tap and we got like your white claws have made it into every bar. And it's like, okay, thanks. But like, where's the alternative? What if I'm just like, not, Mm. what if I'm sober curious? I want your thoughts on sober curiosity in a moment how it relates to the business. But before that, what was it about beer to begin with? Because I think, okay, yeah. athletic brewing company, sure, like brewing, a lot of people are like, okay, immediately beer. But then I, I remember walking into Roan. Uh, you're welcome, Nate. No, I'm kidding. I walked into Rome yeah. and I go, okay, well, I'm here to like shop. And they're like, do you want like water, uh, you know, sparkling water, regular water, or a beer? And I was like, oh, beer while well, shopping. This is kind of cool. I will prefer champagne. And no, I'm kidding. And so then I was like, but it was it was your drink. And it was really cool. It tasted, I mean, it kind of tastes like beer, but what was it about beer to begin with where you were like, yeah, this is going to be the one that we'd launch with.
0: Yeah. I was just a huge foodie and beer guy. Like, honestly, I liked all beverage categories, but um, like, I love, like I haven't drank in almost 10 years now, but I loved like a great glass of wine, like a good whiskey, a good beer, like, and like, it's about the taste and the, like, food pairing and, like, everything, mm-hmm. like, really enhancing the moment. And I really thought beer was just what I was most passionate about. Um, mm-hmm. So I went to college in Vermont, like, and within a half hour of where I went to school were, like, five of the, like, more pioneering regional breweries in New England. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think, like, Long Hat, um, The Alchemist, or, sorry, Long Trail, The Alchemist, The um, Alchemist. And a number of others up there magic hat and stuff so um but um with that like i just loved good beer and good food and when it when i stopped drinking i was like oh my goodness i like i couldn't have missed craft beer anymore and like i realized that like craft beer was like the best food pairing out there and it was so painful to like see everyone enjoying ipas and everything out there and so that was the itch I really wanted to scratch, but it is really nice to have the category well-rounded now. Like I do drink other brands' products. Like sure. I love a Heineken Zero from time to time. I like Ritual Myers non-alcoholic spirits, like Three Spirits, and all sorts of different categories. It's great to have a well-rounded category now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the more the merrier too. I want to ask you about your. Thoughts on the culture of drinking from a non-alcoholic yeah. perspective, and then just a natural social perspective. Because I think right now, and the reason I was like, if we don't get Bill on this podcast, I'm not doing Founders Week. But it's <laughs> like I'm curious. And oh wait, speaking of too sober curiosity, we'll get back to in a moment. But like in the meantime, I feel like the culture of drinking today is let me get drunk. And for whatever reason, you need alcohol. Sure, that's amazing. Like do your thing, right? Just don't drink and mm-hmm. drive, and be responsible. But like. I'm starting to find, and and I'll give my two cents, but I really want your thoughts. There's so much, not pressure, but it's almost becoming social pressure to drink, you know? And then the culture of drinking then turns into almost a game of who can get the most drunk, who can go home with someone, who can you know, just get belligerent and, 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 you know, speak nonsense. So I'm just like, I'm curious your thoughts on that. Cause I haven't gone to bars for that reason in a long time. It's just, I'm starting mm-hmm. to like refrain away from drinking or sorry, um, social settings that have too much alcohol because of that reason. But your thoughts just for from sure. like a sober angle, then just like a non-alcoholic angle. Like what are your thoughts on the culture of drinking today?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. My dog is snoring. Like <laughs> but no, so you said snorting or snoring. Uh, she was snoring. I just didn't Aww. want my dog snoring in the background. Does um, she
1: drink athletic brewing company?
0: <laughs> they get it from time to time. That is um, so funny. But yeah. And the culture of drinking, um, I th- I think it's, um, I, I think it's really transitioning. Like I, so I saw this in my financial career where I came into the industry in 2005 mm-hmm. and like, it was like a badge of honor to come in on Thursday, Friday morning, hungover, Everyone was going to steak dinners, seafood platters, stuff like that. And like towards the end of it, it was, oh, like wanna meet at Barry's boot camp soul cycle type uh-huh. thing, instead yeah. of like the big dinner. And like, so there was definitely a cultural change. And I think that has to do partly with like the concept of being sober was like and like the stink around words like sobriety were like very prohibition era remnants where mm. like alcohol had been taken away in this country and people like like took a lot of pride in alcohol in this country, sure. the right to drink and stuff. So like <clears throat> and then also like Alcoholics Anonymous and other orgs do like kind of push alcoholism into like a shameful anonymous place where I think they're doing great work, but also like you know, alcoholism is a huge problem in this country that affects 20 million plus people. It's not like 1% of the people. So Um, Mm -hmm. I, I think it's time that it enters the public dialogue a bit more, but I I think even more than that is, um, I think we're just on the brink of like an enormous societal moment where, um, we have better information at our fingertips Mm and our phones every day. Mm -hmm. We can track our health really accurately with like fitness wearables and everything. And like, we no longer really rely on like TV advertising or like the FDA food pyramid for like health advice. It's not at all, right? Because I
1: feel like everything's enhanced. It's it's just like, I mean, when you look at the example of even non-alcoholic beverages being an option, we just have more options nowadays. So then how do we avoid what my friend Patrick McGinnis calls FOBO, fear of a better option in your space in particular? You think of how many things we can do as opposed to alcohol. No wonder everybody's still like... I'm going to just drink the glass of wine. I'm going to go get the little Heineken because it's easy. Right. So do you think yeah. that there's an education component that you guys are also trying to lean into to help people understand like, Hey, if it's not athletic brewing company, like you said, maybe it's people who are in the space. Cause what if it's not beer for someone? Maybe they want wine. Maybe they want an alternative to um, bourbon. They want an alternative yeah. to a seltzer. Like, what would you tell that person?
0: It's yeah. And honestly, like we're like, We're opening up the rest of the week to people too. So like, you know, people want to have that glass of wine, that alcoholic beer, like whenever they drink it during the week, great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would challenge anyone to put a six pack of our beer in their fridge and realize how often they go for it. And I bet that six pack of non-alcoholic beer will find a lot more occasions in your week than like the bottle of wine finds. And then Mm. you may then start to find too, like, wow, I really enjoy drinking this. I like drinking it with friends and family. But I also love never being hung over or like a not having diet breakdowns of work. Yeah. And so um, we, one of the most common customer experiences we hear is like the accidental quitter, like who like, so we've gotten, I would say thousands of emails over the past five years of people being like, I had no intention of stopping drinking alcohol, but I bought your beer. I was drinking a lot during the week and all of a sudden I'm just not drinking alcohol ever anymore. And I looked up and I was six months sober. And they're like, I'd never envisioned myself as someone who was sober, but yeah. I just love feeling good and having a good time. And all of a sudden alcohol doesn't enter that anymore. And so it like, but there've been like thousands of people who are like gotten to sobriety in a really like positive way. Um, that also happens in also where our brand has been really organically attracted a lot of like the highest performing elements of society. I mm-hmm. would say most of our athletes on our pro team, like from JJ Watt to like elite Ironman to all sorts of things, like came to our products just by being high performing people who wanted a good option. And then reached out to us and we're like, I'm drinking your beer. Like, can I get sponsored or something? Sure. And, but the, the way that grows is like, if like the fittest, like mm-hmm. most respected person in your peer group is drinking non-alcoholic beer, all of a sudden it makes like the whole group kind of think twice about, okay, maybe this is cool. Maybe they'll make me feel good, be healthy. Mm-hmm. And so we've had a lot of that going on too, where we have like, we have like 1500 ambassadors now on the athletic brewing team. And like, they're all like influencing their peer groups for sure.
1: Mm. So I found you guys, Max Carp in New York. That's just like how it goes. This Founders Week special is proudly brought to you by my friends at Better and Better. This premium and natural vegan and eco-friendly oral care brand is taking our smiles and our planet on a remarkable journey with their mission story and, of course, amazing products. Let me tell you, we all have something in common, and that's brushing our teeth. What we may not know, though, is that there's a new way to enhance that experience with Better and Better. I'll be honest, I didn't think there would ever be a toothpaste that could add so much value to our lives, but there is, and that was the entire vision for the founder and creator, Vladimir, who's also joining us on Founders Week. Healthy living takes effort, and change is hard, but existing habits are extremely powerful. And this is where the wellness brand Better and Better comes in. They have embedded better health and wellness into our already existing habits and routines. How easy is that? Now, you may be asking yourself, how the heck did they do this? And it's backed by Science 2-in-1 All-Natural Vegan Toothpaste. Better and Better's Toothpaste is formulated to the strictest clean ingredient standards with safe, gentle, vegan, natural, and organic ingredients that you'll recognize. By simply brushing your teeth, something that we already are in the habit of doing at least twice a day for at least two minutes, you can enhance that experience with Better and Better's Energy Toothpaste, where you'll get a microdose of vitamins, specifically vitamins B12 and D3, which are actually two of the most necessary and lacking vitamins for most people when I first tried Better and Better, it was because my friend Trevor in New York City was showcasing them on Instagram around the same time I was looking for a functional product to add to my morning routine. And what better to add than new toothpaste? After weeks of using this toothpaste, I was already seeing that I was no longer taking B12 and vitamin D pills as opposed to just brushing my teeth in the morning. Again, something we already do. What was so cool is that by simply brushing your teeth normally, the dose of vitamins were delivered through your tongue, gums, and cheeks and simply absorbed into your mouth which is actually more efficient than doing it with your gut with those pills. And there you have it, no more swallowing of pills, no new habits to create, and no extra costs. Right now, I want you guys to try Better and Better's vitamin-infused toothpaste and any of their oral products online and save with this exclusive offer on this Founders Week right now. Just use the code MENOFTHEHOUR20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. And all you have to do is visit betterandbetter.com to learn more about the science behind their toothpaste, their super clean ingredients, and shop. Don't forget, you can save 20% off your first order at betterandbetter.com with code MENOFTHEHOUR20 at checkout. You know, you look at the Very highest cool. performing athletes in your friend groups and you're like, okay, wait, so you can run 15 miles. And because I was hungover at night, uh, sorry, last night, and then I can't wake up and run more than five. There you go. You already lost your own game, right? And not to say, like you had said, there was kind of a, a hidden negative um what do you call it? Like there was just some negativity around alcohol for a long time. And it's not a good or bad thing at this point. I think it's kind of like got to be customized, right? So where have you found Mm -hmm. the benefit to, you know, having a non-alcoholic beverage company, but then you start looking at people who, like you had said, one, one example is you just telling us how people are like, Hey, I didn't even think I was going to be sober and here I am. This is amazing. But in general, where do you feel like the, the, the most benefit has really come from folks that you know are drinking the you know drinking or just even no athletic brewing company exists
0: yeah i think it's those people but it's also like we get a ton of emails from people too like they've either been sober for 10 plus years and always felt Mm -hmm. like an outcast and like had stopped going out to a large extent and like we get a lot of emails that are like I now have a beer I can drink with my family or like I've rejoined society in all these different ways. And like, it almost makes me want to cry. Like, oh, yeah. or like people who like can't drink because they're on like some serious medic med- medication. And they're like, this brought the first sense of normalcy back to my life. And so we get like a ton of like really touching emails like that, but like it's really the everyday things that get me excited too. It's like, yeah. it is literally my favorite part of every afternoon at like three or four o'clock to crack an IPA. And it like, it's so relaxing. It's so celebratory at the end of a workday. And it's just this like special part of my daily routine that I absolutely love.
1: Mm. I think, and listen, you, you it's because it's driven with purpose too. And I think a lot of folks are like, you know, that you could, you could work a job, but like when you have to then go seek out something that seems as refreshing as, you know, an athletic brewing company would be, uh, like a can of beer, right. Or an alternative to, then it's like, you're doing more work for yourself too. Um, so speaking of beverage companies though, from a company standpoint, have you found any challenges outside of the normal beverage industry challenges for a business? Uh, and what were some of those? And then of course, on the other end of that, when you think of like the most, like rewarding besides obviously people telling you that they're changing their life from a business standpoint, what have some of those been?
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, after doing this, I have so much respect for anyone who has ever built a small business in any field whatsoever. It's like nothing, nothing at any scale is easy and it's just as hard to build a really small business as it is a really big business too. And um, so, but like there's such satisfaction in like, in our first Connecticut brewery like me and John had our hands on everything and knew every inch of that building and if we didn't something was surely blowing up and anything we neglected Mm -hmm. and like I think both of us took such pride in that completion of that project and getting it to a functional brewery um that was super rewarding um I mean I feel like every day has big challenges and like it like there's probably like four major valleys and like three peaks every single day. And like every day, you just hope that trend line is going like slightly lower left to upper right as you zoom out. But Mm. it's a, I mean, every day feels like there's a fire drill Um, in terms of most rewarding. um, I would say one thing um, like we've taken such care and pride in hiring and like building our team and our culture. Um, we, so like, I did have the nice timeline of business planning and then John and I were homebrewing in an empty warehouse on Gatorade jugs for like a year. So it was like two guys who barely knew each other at all, just like standing around Gatorade jugs, six to eight hours a day Mm. and like trying to define our process. Mm -hmm. And, um, that gave us a chance to like really talk about what's important, get to know each other super well as co-founders, um, But then also in that time, I drew up our employee handbook and like what our culture was going to be like, what are our team goals, like what are the tenets of what we're building athletic brewing on, what's our mission statement and what we want to have. And like, I think that's been really formative in hiring and onboarding our team because Mm -hmm. like we're so clear about our mission and our goals that like our whole team is like bought into it and like speaking the same language. And I can't understate really how important team culture and that foundation has been where. In my prior life, I'd always thought of employee handbooks were something that like McKinsey dropped off and you're like, great, like, you know, like who knows what's in it and you're off and running. Right. At Athletic, it's like very important. It's visible in like every presentation our company does. Um, So I'd say that's been like super formative for us. It's like being really intentional about culture and then like hiring and unfortunately also firing too. So
1: Yeah. I hear that. And then it, you're like it comes down to why the people are working for you, right? And then going mm-hmm. that's that's great. I mean, I haven't heard the word employee handbook in a long time since I since I was at uh, you know, a corporate business. And I think that like yeah. it's important to think about your people. I don't think that's I mean, listen, and I want to go into that for a moment because there's so much with business that doesn't feel personal, and I think when you're in a beverage space or you're in a I would say wellness again, why we wanted to have you on the show so badly on this particular lineup this week. There's not too many companies that are that centric to like well being, right? Or grounded in well being. And so being a part of that has to be special. It's the same people that came from working at companies like an Athletic Greens or uh, even Rhone. It's fitness, it's wellness, it's well, mm-hmm. it's community. Like it's so interesting that that's where we're at today in businesses. And so do you think that that's where business may go? Because think of the, you know, honky schmank, whatever type of corporate business that's just being ran today that has no areas of wellness. They're the ones calling people like you, asking you what your handbook looks like because they need that culture in their huge corporation or even small businesses that are just like fintech, whatever the whatever, you know? So I want your mm-hmm. thoughts. Like, do you think that's the direction our world is going to go into someday? And hopefully every company has a handbook similar to yours.
0: Yeah. So I'm a huge customer of both of the companies you just mentioned and I admire both of them for sure. And um, we all got going around similar times. Um, but it, uh, so I think it's really important to have both like your internal and external impact really clear, like what you want it to be for your team and like what's their reward path. And then like, like a lot of companies approach their customers and community around like how can i sell them one more item like can i mm. upsell them something can i like how do i get them to buy more and more like and they just think about it in terms of revenue where if yeah. you think about it in terms of like how am i helping make this person's day better like what need do i serve like how do i become an inextricable part of their life that like i'm the favorite part of their day mm. um or like so it, I think a lot of people aren't necessarily approaching business from the way of like really putting themselves in the customer's shoes and how they're like, how do they become like an, un, like if someone has to chop their budget by 40%, how are you a hundred percent in that remaining 60%? And um, so that's part of how we approach it. And in on the longer term business um, dynamics um, question, it's, I took mm-hmm. a lot of inspiration from Blake Mycoskie who founded Tom Shoes. Um, and yeah. then, ironically he ended up reaching out on our info email and investing super early in athletic, which was like a crazy coincidence. And cause I admired him so much, but um, I, I think he like really blazed the path for almost like a social entrepreneurship where like a business isn't only extracting a business can have really good feedback loops into society and, like we are trying to have big positive impact through our products, but also mm. we have hard-coded as 2% of sales go to our Two for the Trails program. Sure, And so that inherently um, like is having a huge positive impact on the environment and society and access to the outdoors and health and activity and all things that are like tangentially tied to our brand and our mission, mm-hmm. like hard-coded in our impact too. And I think, I think companies that really contribute to not only like improving people's day but also their world in general like i think it's great just, yeah it's like such a more durable attachment to like companies and i think companies that fail to form those links to society either have to like just play the pricing game and be the most economical option or they just won't be around for that long
1: we could literally i mean you see how i pause there it's cuz i have nothing to say that was so perfectly said <laughs> like i don't i mean this is like also if you're listening right now, listen, I host the damn show, but I don't know as much as these guys do, which is why we have to do Founders Week. It's been really cool to learn from you, my friend. Bill, I got one more question for you, uh, and it's about your daily routine. You mentioned routine a bit ago, and I know that you drink Athletic Greens, but if anybody's listening right now and you've been quite inspired by Bill, it's probably because you admire what he's built. <laughs> Bill, Bill, the builder? I don't know, whatever. Uh, and Or right, you you can respect him as a founder in the sense that it's a space, right? The non-alcoholic space is an incredible one to be a part of, but I'm curious to know your daily routine as a founder. Uh, So if you could walk us through the best day, you know, as as a proud founder of a business, co-founder rather, where you, it's just the perfect day based on the routine. What are you doing throughout that entire day from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed?
0: Yeah. It's so like when things happen can be kind of flexible depending on if I'm traveling or if I'm home with my family and like what my family's schedule is, but the building blocks are always the same. It's like, I'm a huge believer in sleep, like pulling the rug out on your sleep. Like that time is like sleep is like the best thing for you. And then, um, I sweat every day, even if I have like 10 total minutes, I'll do 50 burpees or something Mm. and um but like so sweat every day get good sleep eat healthy and then I tend to be very mindful in terms of I do a morning and an evening meditation so when I'm feeding my dogs in the morning I do like a 10 minute meditation and then last thing I do right before I go to sleep is like read a little bit and meditation to like wind down my day um that's always been really important and um, helping me in terms of like visualizing and setting my goals. Um, but outside of that, like I I try to do like a manageable amount of phone calls so that I can actually get things done and think about what's important for the business. And um, I think it's Naval who said it, but like, I love the concept of um, like, kind of like working like a lion where like lions relax a lot and they're not sprinting and doing like random things all the time. Like having really clear windows where in this four hour period, I'm going to get so much work done and then I'm going to be with my family for three hours or something. And like, if you hit stretches of work refreshed or if you find yourself just staring at your email inbox and like refreshing it and like doing random things, it's definitely time to walk away for sure.
1: I love that. So sleep, sweat, eat healthy, meditate in the morning and night while reading your book for, for goal-setting reasons, and then relaxing like a lion or just like living like a lion. I, I When you said lion, I was like, oh my God, what is, he, what, what is he about to say? What is he about to say? That's where we're going to end this episode because I think a lot of us are just turning the gears. And hustle culture aside, I think like you have built such a very, like such a successful business and you have the most calm demeanor of anybody who I've talked to, not just on Founders Week, I'm not going to out any of them, but I'm just saying in general, like the past couple of weeks I've been interviewing people and they're like me where they're like hyper and on, and they talk so fast. And you're like, no, like we're doing a podcast episode because we blocked the 30 minutes to do a podcast episode. And it's so cool. I admire these. I'm definitely of guilty
0: of, I'm definitely guilty of hyperactive mind for sure. And then well, that's then, but, time yeah. for my next meditation or workout for sure.
1: Right. But then yeah. like you, you will never show correct me if I'm wrong. And then we'll, we'll, you know, and then this has to be part of like, this is like an extension of that last question. But you will never as a, as a leader and as someone who runs a business and now has like people's livelihood, you will never show them that you're stressed. Right. Or you'll never like, that's not something as like a leader you would show.
0: That was definitely my biggest superpower of my prior job in like the really fast paced hedge fund world where, you know, I was doing like thousands of trades a day, but also like portfolio management and, um, In that, like the ability to keep your head and be chill when everything is crazy all the time was definitely my superpower there for sure.
1: In what ways?
0: Just like it used to bother people when like, they'd be like, like they called it like a surfer voice and they're like, can you show some emotion? (laughs) Yeah, but it helps when you like don't have unnecessary emotion when things are going crazy for sure. Mm Mm-hmm
1: because life's busy. We're, we we okay. as humans should not be this busy and we shouldn't have this much complication, but we do it to ourselves. And I'm, I'm just so glad that that was part of our conversation today. Uh, but for joining us, dude, I just can't thank you enough for sharing everything you did. You have like if you're listening, I hope that everything he said, the way he said it and the tone of his voice uh, was a little bit more relaxing than if I would have said any of that stuff. Do you know what I mean? So thank you for clicking play and and Bill for coming on the show and spending this much time with me. I think it was so incredible to hear how you thought of, built, and are continuing to build Athletic Brewing Company. And I look forward to seeing everything else that is coming with the business.
0: Uh- Thank you so much. Really appreciate you having me, Justin. Um, it's Psyched to be on and yeah, definitely happy to be helpful in any way I can.
1: Hey friends, Justin again. Well, that was the conversation today and I hope you took plenty away from it. For those who keep coming back to this podcast, I want to say thank you for always being here and growing with my guests and I over the years. And if you're new to the Men of the Hour show, thank you for being here. And I'd love for you to come back next time by clicking that subscribe button. Oh, and for all of us tuning in right now, I'd love to hear your thoughts on today's episode by leaving a rating and review right where you're listening. Until next week, I'm your host, Justin Crawford. Continue taking care of yourself and inspiring others to do the same.